More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We hope all of you are having fantastic Thursdays. We have got a lot to discuss, as we always do with all of you. We're going to dive into the Trump vice presidential discussion. On Laura Ingram, he named several people that he is considering Does it matter what might the impact be as we sit here two days from South Carolina? We'll also give you some updates on what's going on in the primary down in South Carolina. As I think, frankly, South Carolinians are prepared to tell Nikki Haley, this is not your time. Trump is going to be the nominee. We'll talk some about the idea of the seizure of Trump assets, including his buildings, which is now being uh, discussed by Letitia James, the AG who ran on the idea that she was going to get Trump no matter what, and guess what, found a way to try to get Trump no matter what. But, Buck, I want to start with a story that, for some of you out there, may not be on the top of your radar, and you may not be thinking about what the impact of this may be. But as we come into 2024... And as I bet your kids and grandkids become more and more active in experiencing it online, I want to talk about what's going on with AI, uh, artificial intelligence, the growth that we are seeing there, and the degree, Buck, to me, of what I am seeing is just a re, uh, sort of a recapitulation of all of the flaws that existed in social media now being created and impacted in AI in the same way that every social media site, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, on some way designs an algorithm by a human that determines what you do and do not see. AI, there's a scary, ridiculous, somewhat maybe a little bit funny, but but also terrifying story of what's going on with Google's AI uh, service, Buck. And, and I know we were talking about this off air, so I know you've seen it too. Basically, they designed it so there's no way that you can get an image of a white person, no matter what your prompt of request is. 
And for those of you out there who are not familiar with AI at all, trying to explain it in just a couple of sentences, it's a video or image-based version of search. Also uh, very strong textually, but it's moving more and more into uh, imagery and videos. And the idea is basically you give it a prompt, for instance, with Google where they were using this and being able to expose its flaws, it was saying, hey, Google, give me a picture of the Pope. And the Pope pictures that AI were returning were all minority figures. If you asked for a Viking, a picture of a Viking, the people that you were getting back were black Vikings, obviously, who did not exist. If you asked for pictures of the founding fathers, they were giving you pictures back of some black people sitting at the table with the founding fathers. And I would guess, Buck, that the intent here is to avoid being racist. And they wrote in code, which basically made it impossible for a white person to be uh, revealed when it was making, when you were getting these prompts. To me, that's maybe somewhat a little funny, also scary, but to a larger context, when when you know that kids growing up today are going to be using this as a default Google search, instead of the way Google works now, you type in, uh, you know, hotel on South Beach or something, and you get a bunch of different hotels that would uh, show up as the link, or you type in, you know, who was the eighth president of the United States, and you get a prompt that allows you to go click on links, you're not actually going and reading and discovering the information from your request. It's being given to you. Search is being created more powerfully than maybe it ever has been before, and it's making these algorithms even more powerful. And so as a result, they are now stopping the Google uh, search buck on AI. But are you troubled by this? Because I think it could be a huge story for 2024 and all of these AI uh, wokeified, I would say, algorithms are going to artificially distort the real reality in a similar way that I think we have seen with social media. And Rising. I think that's going to be that's going to be the challenge. Yeah, what they're saying about this is that it's an overcorrection, right? They're saying that they were trying to make sure that racist things didn't happen. And so they made it so that there are no, you're not getting any images of anyone who is white. But this also is occurring in a broader context, right? There's something else that's going on here. I mean, I think everyone has, has seen now, particularly the last few years, but it stretches back for about a decade, that, uh, diversity and inclusion is effectively a religious belief, uh, that people feel there is a need to fill our society, our history, everything with the tenets of diversity and inclusion, especially anything that has to do with uh, with pop culture. Um, I, I mentioned before on, on this show, I watch, you know, I like anything that has Vikings in it. And I, I should note that there yeah. were there were um, uh, some people that did a Viking search. And sure enough, the Vikings were, you know, people of uh, of dark, dark skin. And and that's a, a bit unusual. Right. I mean, historically, that would not be accurate. And uh, the reality here is when they were doing the Netflix show, uh, when they were trying to 
get people interested in, I guess, the beginnings of, uh, I think it's Viking, I forget what the full title is, Viking something or other. Clay, they cast a black woman as a 10th century Viking Jarl, or kind of like an earl or a king, who really existed. So, so this stuff is already happening, meaning that there's the rewriting of history and pop culture with people who are uh, being depicted as non-white. And it's in that context that when you have an AI machine that is doing this, everyone starts to feel like, is it, I mean, okay, this went too far, but is it really a mistake? Is diversity and meaning from their end, is diversity and inclusion a part of the algorithm such that they're going to try to create more inclusiveness throughout history and they're going to try to elevate some things? The whole notion of a neutral algorithm from the beginning, really the earliest days of Google, is really a fiction. Just like editorial lines at newspapers being neutral is a fiction, and I think this goes toward everyone understanding that better. Yeah, and I would say this is a natural outgrowth of Hamilton, which decided, hey, we're going to put minority characters into the role of historical characters, which then was followed by, what is the show, Bridgerton, that they make such a big deal about, hey, this is a story about 18th century England, but the race of the characters really doesn't matter at all. Um which is a form of colorblindness, which you're not supposed to do, which is its own interesting story. We've talked about on this show, Buck, Hannibal, I believe they're making a movie with Denzel Washington playing Hannibal, uh, which is not accurately reflected, obviously, of what his skin color would have been. Cleopatra, I think they just did recently with a black woman. It did horribly on Netflix. No one wanted to watch it. I would just add, my my issue with, look, you and I both love Denzel Washington as an actor. Um, I think he's one of the best living actors today and, and with one of the most impressive bodies of work. I think he may be a fantastic Hannibal. I, I actually don't really have an issue with it. My issue is I want people to at least understand or I want people to be taught that Carthage, those the Carthaginians were not North Africans in the way we think of them now, which would be predominantly Arab, sort of olive-skinned Muslim, right? I mean, or, you know, tan uh, uh, complexion Muslims. Um they were white. They were Greeks, effectively. They would have yeah. looked very much like the Greeks looked or like the Romans looked. And as long as people understand that history, I have less of an it. But very few people do. And so when you start introducing these things into the popular culture, it erases the historical reality. And I think some of that is intentional. And I was somebody who said early on, I think Hamilton is, is a very... Honestly, kind of a, a, a strange premise in a lot of ways. Keep in mind, the only white person in it is the King of England, who's terrible, right? Who's like the bad guy. Um, which I think if you did that in any other context, people would recognize that's, that makes them feel a little bit uncomfortable. But I also just thought it wasn't good. And yeah. what bothered me, and I really mean that as a piece of art, I didn't think it was good. And what bothered me was, I actually thought it was crap. Um, but that you were supposed to say it was good. Like if you didn't say it was good, there was something wrong with you. That felt very Soviet to me, right? It felt like everyone has to stand and clap because Stalin likes the symphony. I also would say I'm not aware, and I would I would love if somebody did know this. Is there any other country in the world that is obsessed with making historical characters a different race than they would otherwise be? In other words, if you're making a movie in India right now and you're doing a story about Indian history, would there be any call in what they call Bollywood to come back in and cast someone who is historically Indian and a different race? Well, it all, you also get to, Clay, history is 
uh, often very non-inclusive, right? I mean, if you're going to go back in history and look for great female leadership 2,000 years ago, you can find it here and there, but there's not going to be a lot of it, right? Joan of Arc. Cleopatra. I mean, there's like well, two or three characters, right? Historically, well, I, mean, I, I said 1,500 years ago, but yeah, yeah. I mean, if you go back far enough, what you'll find is that a lot of history is actually quite exclusionary. You could even argue mankind was predatory against mankind, and and there was no effort um, made to balance things out. And so if you're looking at what actually happened, who discovered stuff, who conquered stuff, who found stuff, it's not going to be what the uh, sociology department at Brown University wants it to be. And that's a challenge that they're always going to face, which is why I think there's such an obsession with making, you know, a 10th century Viking Earl a black woman. There were no black women who were 10th century Viking Earls. Western civilization triumphed, thankfully. It's why we all have democracy, republics, freedom, freedom of speech. All those things are good, good cultural appropriation. Here's a, a kind of summing it up, and, and I'm open to your calls because some of you out there probably are far more sophisticated in terms of your AI knowledge than either Buck or myself would be. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'm about a 9 on being concerned right now based on what I'm seeing about what the impact of these AI algorithms are going to be because I think we're finally catching up, Buck, with Twitter where Elon Musk is giving us some form of a free uh, expression site, and I think that can be very helpful it took a decade for that to happen on social media, 15 years. I don't know that there's going to be the equivalent in AI. I hope I'm wrong, but it seems to me like we're just creating new woker algorithms that could be even more impactful. Absolutely. And when you're talking about AI, you're not just talking about the editorial choice of what to put up the page. You're talking about the ability to fabricate primary source material, archival footage, archival photos, all kinds of text that would be, you know, aged looking and AI can make it look real, right? So our, our perception of the past, I don't think people should, um, should leave out the possibility here because I think it's very real that there are people on the left who would feel ideologically, uh, they would feel righteous in doing their version of, you know what the Soviets used to do when they would, uh, when they would eliminate something, they kept, you know, pretty detailed records. Sometimes they would use a razor blade, uh, clay to remove the name from paper. Cause they just figured, you know, we're, we're going to excise it that way. So it's like it was never even there. Yeah. Which, you know, there's still a hole, right? But it doesn't matter. It's gone forever. Um, it feels very Soviet to me that they want to try to change what our perception of, of history is. Because they recognize that controlling the past gives you power over the narrative of the present. I, it, I think everybody out there should be terrified. I'd be interested in your calls. And again, so many kids, the power of AI is they're going to blindly accept what they are told. And that is scary no matter what the concept is. But I think it's even more so because at least Google Buck gives you the opportunity when you do a Google search, you can scroll down. A lot of people click on the first thing, whatever it is. But you can scroll down and you can look at the first seven or eight or even the first page results and make a choice about the source that you want to pick. Not here. You know, it would be a fascinating uh, Venn diagram. People who enthusiastically masked up, people who had Ukraine flags in their bio, and people who openly loved Hamilton when it came out. <laughs> 
These are all people <laughs> that do whatever the machine tells them to do. So I, one one thing as we go to break here in the first segment, I want someone smart to do a country and western version of the Obama administration. And I want them to have a white guy playing Obama and see what the result is. Barack and Michelle Obama, country and Western version. I want white people playing Barack and Michelle Obama in a country and Western version of their uh, of their administration and see what the reaction would be. If you have valuables in your home, like gold or silver, for instance, you definitely need a safe to protect them. Plus, if you keep cash on hand, you have firearms, you need to keep safe. More than 2 million Americans have chosen Liberty Safe for this once-in-a-lifetime purchase. This is one that you want to get right, because once you get your safe in, you're not going to want to move it, right? So get the right one the first time. That's why I have a Liberty Safe in my home. An American-made Liberty Safe can fit anywhere with more than 30 models, two dozen colors, and thousands of custom options to help create the safe of your dreams. Liberty Safes are guaranteed for life, and if yours is ever damaged in an attempted break-in or fire... Your Liberty Safe will be replaced free. It's the best warranty you can get. And your privacy is built into every Liberty Safe with industry-leading privacy protections. Shop LibertySafe.com slash radio for a customized Fortress Strong Liberty Safe. Use coupon code radio for a 10% discount for supporting Liberty Safes made in America by Americans. You'll also get a free $60 value lock-in gun vault with your Liberty Safe purchase. That's just for members of this audience. Use coupon code radio when you go to libertysafe.com slash radio. Again, that's libertysafe.com slash radio code radio. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. 
This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. The podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I love dogs. I think 99% of this audience would agree with me, Clay. I love them. Ginger was running around. If you saw on the video, go to clayandbuck.com. She decides right... She's been a little... up. Oh, I'm sorry. She barked in the background. She, de- she decided... To get the zoomies in the radio studio, I've never seen an animal run so fast in such a confined space. She was just running in circles while I was trying to start the show with you. But I love dogs, and I just bring it up because Carrie and I, we had to stop her. We, we want to go adopt a few. We, we want to just get, like, a whole house full of dogs. We want kids, the whole thing. Joe Biden's dog, this just came out yesterday, has bitten Secret Service agents 24 times. Now, I know people get very defensive. They go, oh, it's a rescue. No, 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 no. It's not about the dog. There's something wrong with Biden and his handlers, Clay, that they have one White House dog, or maybe it's two, but there are not many of them, and it's attacking Secret Service agents, basically. 24 bites? Yeah, 24 bites. And I'm going to talk about this when we come back for a sec, because I think I've told the story on this show. When I was in first grade, I got bitten by a German Shepherd. Um, and, uh, you know, fortunately it didn't detract from my incredible good looks, but you can still see, I have a big scar on my face where that dog got me. And the idea to me, what this just represents is where are the consequences for anyone around Joe Biden? It feels to me like Everyone that is connected to him in any way, whether it's his son, whether it's his brother, whether it's his dog, whether it's Dr. Jill, there is a consequence-free environment, and I think the dog is a representative example of that, and I'm going to tell you why in a sec. But Tunnel the Towers continues to deliver on its promise to do good and never forget September 11th or the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist James Donaldson. Donaldson lost his legs when he was hit by an IED, an improvised explosive device in Iraq. Moving around his home was a struggle until Tunnel of the Towers gave him a mortgage-free, specially adapted smart home. The home not only enabled Donaldson to live a more independent life, it allowed him to be a better father. Since 9-11, Tunnel of the Towers has been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families, all while making sure that America keeps its solemn promise to never forget September 11, 2001, or the service members who sacrificed their lives and bodies for our country. Help families like the Donaldsons. Join us in donating $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to the programs, T2T.org. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. A lot of funny comments. Um, one of you... Uh, wrote in, I want to see a remake of Roots with the slaves played by white actors. Um, that would be really, really funny. I, I, I feel like the only people with the juice to do it would be somebody like Trey Parker and Matt Stone, who basically did a, uh, a cartoon version of this mocking what's going on at Disney. By saying that the South Park characters who are, you know, little white cartoon kids 
were suddenly going to be replaced by black women um, in the multiverse or whatever. They did a version of this in cartoon, but it would be amazing to see what the reaction would be if you did, like I said, a country and Western version of the Obama administration with white people playing the Obamas, or even funnier, like even more satirical, would be doing roots with white uh white actors playing the original roles of uh of uh of the uh of the black actors. Um by the way, let me come back on that uh German Shepherd Commander, I believe is his name. Anything named Commander I saw I think it was Joe Concha tweeting about this, but it's true. The Washington commanders now instead of the Redskins have been a disaster for twenty years or whatever the heck it is. The commander uh German Shepherd Maybe not a good mix of name and location when it comes to Washington, D.C. But, so Buck, when I was in first grade, I had a, um, I had chicken pox. And I went over to my friend Neil's house. If everybody out there, I think I asked you this before. In New York City, you did not have something called chicken pox parties, right? No. When I was growing up, you got chicken pox like four, five, six years old. All the moms would bring everybody together. The idea was they wanted everybody. This is before you could get a chick. I think they have chickenpox vaccine now, but this is, but I think it actually works. I'm like the COVID shot. Um, but you wanted to get chickenpox when you were young because the data reflected that if you get it young, it's far less likely to be serious than if you get it, you make it through your childhood and you get it at an older age. So that was kind of the idea. Uh, so we, everybody had chickenpox that I knew around the same age like five, six years old. It just ran through the entire neighborhood, schools. Everybody got it. I'm over at my friend Neil's house. He has a German shepherd named Casper. And when you're a little kid, dogs are really close to you. I I think you forget as you become an adult, a dog might come up to your, you know, might come up to your knee, might come up to your hip when you're an adult, but you have space between his mouth and your face. When you're a little kid, a big dog, like a German Shepherd is, is right by your face, basically. I went outside, I pet the top of this dog's head, and the dog, German Shepherd, immediately leapt up and basically ripped off half my face. I had, Buck, a hole in my cheek, my uh, lip was split open all the way up to the nose, you could see my uh, cheekbone... All of the skin was just hanging off one side of my face. Now, this dog narrowly missed my eye and narrowly missed my throat. Either direction, I could have lost an eye. I could have lost, uh, I mean, if he get hit in the throat, I mean, I could have died, right? If he, if he hit the, 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 the throat at the right place. This is a dog in the backyard, never had any issue at all, but he jumped up. I didn't do anything. I reached out. I pet him on the head. And next thing you know, he's he's attacked me, and I had to get over 50 stitches. You think about how many 50 stitches are on a kid who's that little. I mean, my whole face was a stitch, basically. Um, And so the idea that you would allow that dog, when that happened, they put that dog down. They said, if you're if that dog is capable of attacking a kid in the backyard that was doing nothing, that dog is too dangerous to allow to be around other people, too. The idea that you would allow a dog to bite 24 people at the White House, 
many of whom were bought sig- bit significantly enough, Buck, that they needed to go to treatment. Some people say, well, it's just a dog. Why does it matter? To me, it is that's how you have a huge baggie of cocaine. That's how, to me, that's how you have somebody like Hunter Biden who's never paid any consequence for any of his behavior. Biden doesn't seem capable of holding anyone around him. That's how you have a southern border that's wide open. There are no consequences for behavior inside of the entire Biden administration. And I think the dog is a metaphor for that. It shouldn't be acceptable that you would have something do. You shouldn't be able to have a dog that bites people twice. Secret Service agents who were forced to be there. There's a recklessness and a lack of consideration for others at the very top of this White House chain of command. I mean, Joe Biden slash his handlers. It's very interesting to see who really is in charge of these things, right? We don't know. That's kept from us. But Biden is clearly, uh, to say he's lost a step is an understatement. Biden doesn't have that many steps left. I mean, Biden is a guy who's going to be needing round-the-clock care within just a matter of a, a few years, I think, at best. Um, and, and on the dog issue, I mean, I know people get very, very fired up about this. I was telling you this before. Um, I just took, I was actually Carol Markowitz, our friend who's on the Carol Markowitz uh, show. She's Her podcast appears on the Clay and Buck streams. So if you subscribe to Clay and Buck, you listen to Carol Markowitz show. It's a great show. Another pitch for you all to subscribe to content that you can't hear here on the radio but is in our podcast stream. I took her out for an intro, uh, intro firearms day effectively, right? I've, I've been through this many times, CIA and NYPD, and now in private life, I, I train with some uh, instructors. Um, and, and we took her out and, and one thing I'd say is when you're starting out with somebody, you know, you don't put a, uh, you know, you'd start them maybe with a nine millimeter pistol and then you maybe, you, you sort of build up and then you go to long gun if you're going to do some tactical shooting. You don't start them out with a fully automatic weapon and say, here you go, pull the trigger and see what happens, right? Because it's an un- it, it, it can be fine in, in the hands of somebody who knows what they're doing. It's perfectly safe. And But if you don't know what you're doing, I mean, I, I, have, a, I have a phenomenal, Carrie and I have a phenomenal uh, dog trainer. Her name is Tekla, and she's been helping us with Ginger. With Ginger, the, uh, the area of, well, how, how do I put this? Your room for error, your margin for error is, if she has a bad day, she's going to nip you on the ankle. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you have a 120-pound Preza Canario or you have a pit bull that is, you know, very broad-chested and weighs 80 pounds, etc., it's not that, you know, that can't be a good dog. It's that do you know how to handle that dog, right? Are, are you capable of – and German Shepherds, a lot of dog. And I've seen people more than once who couldn't handle their German Shepherd. I've seen people who couldn't handle other dog breeds as well – but it's different than when you can't handle your miniature poodle. It's like a yeah. 22 caliber versus a machine gun. Joe Biden having a German Shepherd, what is he doing? He clearly can't. You see what I'm saying? He clearly can't be the one in charge of it. There's no way. So someone else is in charge of it. Who's in charge of it? It's biting people. It just goes to show you there is a lack of command and control. I know people are going to say this is overreach. This is crazy. It's just a dog. This is a dog in the White House that is injuring Secret Service agents, and the president's not embarrassed by it because the president doesn't even know because the president's not really calling the shots behind closed doors. Yeah, and look, I had to have, after this biting, three surgeries uh, as a little kid. And again, you can still see a pretty significant scar on my face. Now, I'm fine. I'm not a huge fan of dogs as a result. If you had half your face ripped off by a dog, 
when you were five or six years old, you're probably not sitting around like, I want 20 dogs in my house. But to me, it is a incredible form of recklessness and entitlement for Joe Biden to decide his German shepherd can bite people 24 times before they say, okay, we need to do something about this. And I'm sure all the Secret Service agents and everybody who's working in the White House that's getting bit, who are lower down the food chain than Joe Biden, are sitting around saying, why should we be at risk from this dog in order to try to do our job? And Buck, I always think this is, this is really the lesson of life. You don't judge people by how they treat their equals. I don't think you judge people by how they treat their boss. To me, you judge people by how they treat people who are, in theory, beneath them in some way, right? How do you treat a yeah. waiter or a waitress? How do you treat a uh, somebody who is uh, cleaning a car? How do you treat somebody who is uh, in a service industry well, job? Or in the case of Secret Service, somebody yes. who is sworn to protect you and put Correct. themselves in harm's way to protect you. Joe Biden used to go naked swimming in front of female Secret Service detailees without a second thought and now has his dog running around biting them all the time. I know somebody who was on Biden's detail, Secret Service, and I cannot say on the radio what he thought of him, but he was not a fan. Well, so I think that ultimately you get a sense for what somebody is really like by how they behave in that fashion. And to me... I think you can draw a line between the way that the dog has behaved and, frankly, the way Hunter has behaved and the way so many people surrounding Joe Biden have. There are no consequences for bad behavior. And when that occurs, you have entitlement and you have worse behavior coming. I I agree with all that. I I also think it goes to chain of command, though. Joe Biden is not in charge of commander, obviously. But what does it say that the president of the United States can't be in charge of his own dog, Clay? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This, how far are we from Joe Biden can't tie his own shoes in the morning? Really? You know, this is what, you know, dogs are a very personal thing, right? Like this is, a, this is a, this should be Joe and Jill in charge of the dog. And, you know, for those of us who love our dogs, it's like a member of the family. You, you don't, you don't just sort of do this for the, for the optics. And clearly he's not actually in charge and has no idea what's going on. 800-282-2882. I'm sure some dog owners going to have some thoughts on all this stuff. Um, but if you're a sports fan out there, Prize Picks app is the thing you want to download if you haven't already done so. America's number one fantasy sports app. The easiest way to play daily fantasy sports is just you against the numbers. Focuses on the players and not the teams. On the Prize Picks app, you make one decision for each player and their stat of the day. Will it be more or less than the numbers shown? It's so easy that I've been doing it and having a lot of fun with it. I'm learning more about sports as I go and learning certainly more about how to make my picks. Prize Picks gives you quick withdrawals and a huge selection of players, sports, stat types. No matter what sport you're into, basketball, hockey, tennis, soccer. Got to say, my tennis knowledge is pretty fantastic. Download the Prize Picks app. Today's a great day to get started with it. Uh, with the NBA action going on tonight, plus college basketball. Uh, last night I saw uh, what uh, University of Miami was playing Duke. Right? I was in. I was in the gym. What? Well, look at you. Look at you yes. with the big sports knowledge. Uh, that's right. I saw the people shooting the hoops. It was good. Download the Prize Picks app. Great way to get started right now. Prize Picks app. Use promo code Buck. So go to your app store, download the Prize Picks app, and they will match a first deposit up to a hundred dollars. Pick more, pick less. Prize Picks. 
It's that easy. Learn, laugh, and join us on the weekend on our Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. The podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back into Clay and Buck. Uh, probably going to spend some time in the next hour talking to you about VPs for Trump, but also this uh, plan to give migrants $10,000 a year in cash. More details coming on that one, because now we just we let people... We give away the right to be in America as a country. That's what's going on. And then we give away the cash of the people here who have to give their money to the government or else they go to prison. It's quite a system we have. Uh, John in San Diego. What's going on, John? How are you? Hello? What's up? Yes, yeah, you're on the way. Uh, just wanted to uh, kind of chime in about what you guys are talking about and, and German Shepherds and stuff. I've had them for 40 years, and... Uh, when I was younger and I was doing, uh, not such good things and hanging around not such good people, uh, my dog was a reflection of me and he was a mean dog. And when I got sober, it, it seems that my dog got sober too. And, uh, 
he was a totally different dog when I changed my lifestyle. And dogs pick you, up. You know, can I just say something? Yeah. I mean, dogs pick up anxiety in the household. Absolutely. Dogs, Kids do dogs, too. By the way, oh, I think oh, this course. is uh, a huge part of parenting. But, so but people what, that are, you know, par- when, when parents are, you know, if you, if you, let's say, you know, not to speak to you, sir, but in general, if someone is fighting a lot with their spouse, that creates a more anxious, intense dog. That's that that's fearful and more likely to laugh. These things are. This is all very clear in the literature. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I would think that that dog would have some type of training, like Schutzen training, or, or some type of training where he's on or off, just like a police dog. I mean, they're either on or they're off, and something's got to be going on with uh, with Commander that he's something's uneasy and he's uh yes. acting out you know by you, you see it because you you own a german you, you know you own a german shepherd so you understand that there's something going on behind closed doors because those can be very loving family family pets but as clay was discussing and if you discussed uh if somebody mishandles it like i said you're mishandling you know uh, a machine gun not a 22 i mean they they can do real damage and most people would say i thank you for the call by the way most people would say that their dogs have a one or two bite rule, right? I mean, if you bite somebody once, the odds that you're going to bite somebody again is high. And I'm not talking about like playful, you know, nipping and things like that, right? I'm talking about something that requires medical treatment, which is different than like, hey, we're going to go throw a ball and you're pulling a ball out of a, a mouth. A true something bite like that. from a German Shepherd is going to break the skin. And that yes. means the animal is, is trying to do damage and is scared and probably lashing out. Or it could be, it could have prey drive coming up. But anyway, uh, uh, Norman in Alabama, what's going on? Hey, uh, we raised and uh, trained shepherds, and uh, and I wrote a couple of amendments for uh, Emily's law here in Alabama that uh, specify whether a bite is justified or not justified. But under Alabama's law, uh, his the commander would uh, end up being before the court and probably put down. Uh, because how many the, bites uh, would it take? Sorry to cut you off, but I'm actually kind of I'm assuming Emily is a little girl in Alabama. If that's the law uh, that was attacked uh, by dogs and in some uh, way this is designed Emily's to protect lady, lady in North Alabama was killed by dogs. OK, so the idea is you're trying to protect people. What would the number of bites be that a dog would be in Alabama that they, they would say, you know, we got to put this dog down? Uh, it does not have a number of bites because it doesn't take due process away, which is something I really appreciate. Uh, but it does bring this situation uh, before the court after an investigation, and if the investigation determines that uh, this dog is uh, has the potential of being a dangerous dog, then it's brought before the court, and then either the dog can be put down or the the owner has to have a bond, has to have it in a secure area, yeah. and basically treat it like you would a wolf. That's that's yeah. exactly what should be done. Uh, so that's I agree. Rule. Norman, thank you for calling in. Um, and you know, Clay, you were saying how kids, when I say kids, juveniles who get access to weapons that use, yeah. if there's recklessness on the part of the parents, you can be reckless with your dog ownership too, right? I mean, that's, yeah. and, and that, and an individual, the human being is actually the one responsible for what happens as a, re, as a result of, of that dog. Um, we'll, we'll dive in. Do you want to do uh, the VIP sweepstakes a little bit here next? Cause we've been talking yeah, about let's do that. It. We, we haven't gotten to that one yet. Um, but also how that could, shape the uh shape the upcoming election a bit if it can at all and then letitia james the attorney general of new york state is saying out loud they might just start seizing trump's buildings that's where we are in 2024 everybody donald trump is running for president and they're going to start taking away trump towers so to speak we'll get into it 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 